0: as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal, ms Barbara delong
1: welcome to Nightlight, everybody. I have uh, a special guest tonight. Mark Snyder is going to be sitting with me, and we're going to be doing um a show on a regular basis once a month here. Uh, we've done a lot of shows on on the Billy Meyer material and and have found some Fascinating things in them. Certainly, Mark has studied Billy Meyer for years now, and and really knows much more than I do. But I found the material for me to be not only thought-provoking but enlightening and spiritually insightful. And Mark a, a while back recommended a book called *Might of the Might of the Thoughts* by Billy Meyer, and I got the book and I've been reading through it. And I have found it to be probably one of the best spiritual handbooks ever. So, so we decided to take it and sort of go through the book a little bit each month or week. We, we haven't decided how often we're going to be here, but we will be here. And, and sort of share with you the material to, to sort of give you an idea of another philosophy and a more cosmic outlook on spirituality and how to incorporate it into our lives. So, welcome to the show, Mark. I'm glad you could join me tonight.
2: How are you, Barbara?
1: Doing well, except I'm fighting with with uh, allergies. But aside from that, I'm doing well. And, and I'm so glad that, that you're going to go through this book with me because it is First of all, it's a really, really, really deep book, but it also has wonderful, wonderful material for how to change your life and how to live your life in in a greater accordance with with the spiritual laws that are out there. And and do you mind? What's I, really uh, fascinating.
2: Go ahead. I'm if sorry. you, I no, I don't.
1: I don't mind if you do anything. What would you like to do?
2: Well, I was just, I was. Uh... I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I I was thinking of uh, giving a little background information and kind of seeing where it takes us to, to tonight as well. I've, I've got a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about from the Mind of Thoughts. But,
1: um, well, yeah, that's – that
3: go-
1: no, no, I think it's a good idea because much as, much as I know who Billy Meyer was and, and stuff like that, a lot of people listening weren't going to, so I was going to ask if we could kind of do some background material before we dived into the book.
2: You know, one of the things I do a lot on, on my show is, um, I hate to use the word repeat because it's, there's first of all, there's so much information here, it's it's staggering. And the goal, at least from my perspective, is not just to get it into the conscious mind but also into the subconscious mind because most of our life we're running on our subconscious mind and a lot of researchers now are seeing that. So in order to get the information down where it's usable, we have to... Some One of the ways we can get it down there is to repeat. Now, maybe I'll start out before we go into the might of thoughts and talk a little about, uh, again, about reincarnation and, and Billy and who he is. Okay, good. Uh, let me let, let me start when Billy was about five years old and he was living in northern Switzerland in Bullock and he started to get these telepathic messages from a man named Svath and he would see Svath face in his mind. He would hear his voice, and one day he was told to go out in the forest near his home there in Bulac. Bulach, Switzerland, is fairly high in the northern part of Switzerland. It's it's by two mountains, the Aishimoder, Moser and Bruder Mountains in what's called the, the Galat Valley. It's a very beautiful area, and Billy was told to go out into a certain place, and Svoth landed his ship, his kind of strange, silvery, pear shaped craft. And Billy walked out to the ship. He's only about five years old. And he's always described this as he felt like he was lifted up by ghostly hands. And he was brought up into the ship, and Svoth then uh, left in the ship, took them both up into Earth orbit. And Foss started to tell Billy about his previous lives and that he had been the people that we call Enoch, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, and Muhammad. And each one of these lives, he taught something called the teaching of the Spirit, which is what we're going to get into a little bit tonight. So Billy... Started to have these sessions with Swath. Swoth taught Billy about a an idea called creation, which was, you know, interesting what what we're seeing here is Billy's material consciousness is a five year old boy. His spiritual consciousness is incredibly ancient. Swoth and his people had the technology to recognize that this was a very ancient spirit form, and they Swath had known that he had been reincarnating on the Earth for the past thirteen thousand years.
1: Didn't didn't though when when you stop and think about it, this, is a five year old kid who <clears throat> I mean there had been telepathy for quite a while, so he was familiar with the telepathy and possibly even you know the personage of of. A thought. Just say the name again. I can't pronounce. Foss. It. Foss, okay. Foss. So, so he was familiar with that. But come on, I know five-year-old kids, and you know, while the landing of a, of an object, and getting into it, probably a lot of them would do. But, but the the level of material that was then shared with him, is profound. I mean a five-year-old doesn't understand reincarnation or past lives. Um, even even some of the children now who are born with those memories, um, that's a tremendous amount to grasp.
2: It is. It's, it, to me, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. And I always go back to this part of the story for some reason, because it's just absolutely incredible, I think. It's so interesting, because it really kind of, it it shows that we have two kinds of consciousness. And I think that's one of the things that I would like to emphasize tonight is we have a spiritual consciousness and a material consciousness. Every incarnation, the material consciousness is new. You get a new personality, a new conscious mind. Now, programmed into your subconscious, Remember, I started talking about the subconscious earlier in the show. Program into, this, into the subconscious are all the evolutive levels, so to speak. All of the... Um, memories. Your ability... Uh, well, no more than memories. Uh, we're talking about, uh, for example, everything that you've learned in all your lifetimes about... Discernment. Everything that you've is is one evolutive um, chunk of information. Uh, Everything that you've learned about uh, cheerfulness is might be another chunk. Everything you've learned about logic is is another group of information. So all these evolutive values have from the previous lives are stored in the subconscious. And they're also stored in the spirit form. Now, we have something in our bodies called a spirit form. And the spirit form is really the real you. It's who you are in the sum total of all your lifetimes. So, and it resides in a place called the superior colliculus, which is this little bump on the lateral part of the middle brain and the superior colliculus it deals with the movement of your eyes and it's the visual reflex center superior colliculus it allows us to move the eyes from one target to another so when you're reading the superior colliculus comes into play when you move from one word to another Th- those are called sac- saccadic or saccadic eye movements mm-hmm. and in the superior colliculus is the spirit form of every human being. And the spirit form comes into the body of a child 21 days after the sperm fertilizes the egg. You've got a little zygote there, or whatever it's called at 21 days. And the spirit form goes into there, and it sends its energy throughout the whole body. Did you have a comment? sounded like you were going to say something. Um,
1: Well, yeah, no, 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 I do, because while we have all of this information stored within us, it isn't always available to us until we we are ready or we reach for it, really.
2: Well, that's the, yeah, exactly, exactly. So all of this, these programmed evolutive values are in the subconscious, including all the all of the same wisdom from the previous lives is in the spirit form. Mm-hmm. The material consciousness is a little boy, in the case of Billy Meyer. I mean, you know, he's recent, not that recently learned to walk and talk. And what's really interesting is from the age of from about one-year-old to about seven years old, where we're in a what's called a theta state, it's almost a a hypnosis and your quote unquote subconscious programs are built during those seven years. So for if, you know, let's just take Billy Meyer out of the picture. Um, You have a little boy or a little girl. They're actually kind of quote unquote downloading programs from their parents. They're watching their parents. They're seeing how their parents behave. And, and that, that becomes little behavior things in your subconscious. And most of the time, we're running on the subconscious, believe it or not. Well,
1: they've they've done studies, and they've said that by the age of five, you have learned more than you will learn in the entire rest of your life.
2: I don't doubt it. (laughs) Because the subconscious mind is so powerful. The subconscious mind, I was... I uh, listened to a film today. Uh, processes something like forty million bits
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, a minute or something of information, and the conscious mind is not even anywhere even close to that. Well, s- so. stop
1: to stop to think a second. The spirit has come into a reality that it has to learn everything about in order to survive. So, so it's like it's it's almost like a blank slate. <laughs> In that, in that level of consciousness. So it has to assimilate. In a conscious mind. Yeah, it yeah. has to assimilate all of this information in order to function, mm-hmm. in order to carry out its promises that it made on a spiritual level, and in, in order to, to be a, an independent entity.
2: So what happens to the child, and it happens to us right now in our life, is we're impulsed. By our spirit form, and we're also, we have some subconscious impulses as well. And so you have an innermost creational personality, which is who you really are, and you have an inner nature. So if your inner nature follows the impulses, of your innermost creational personality then there'll be a harmony and you'll 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 make good progress in this life if your inner nature who you are this lifetime doesn't pay attention to those impulses you'll feel what's called an alienation to you will be alienated from your own self Uh and I've 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 felt that before and, and I, and so we're we're constantly pushed to strive. You see, every every lifetime, we're continually pushed to strive. That's the purpose of our life, is the evolution of our consciousness. And in fact, it's a creational natural law that you cannot be happy unless. You have a good high priority on your striving. In striving, you know, can be studying the minor material, it can be studying mathematics, it can be working at your day job, it can be cleaning out your garage, whatever. But we cannot be happy unless we're striving. So this is one of these creational natural laws. This is one of the spiritual, um, very important lessons. And I'll read this again, and this is from the Way to Live book. So, And don't worry, we'll get to my thoughts eventually, I'm sure. Uh, It says (laughs) here, (laughs) you know me, I have to go around everywhere. To be without striving means unwillingness and affliction. Affliction is inhibited striving and inhibited life, but inhibited striving and inhibited life Bring inhibited evolution, stagnation, hopelessness and grief, confusion, irrationality, joylessness, cognitionless, unpeace, disharmony, lovelessness, resentment, lies, self-deceit, and reluctance for life. So if you're going through a stage where you're a little depressed, pay close attention. Are Are you ignoring these impulses? So now Billy, now this is very interesting because I I think we've talked before about his experience before he even met Spoth. Um, He was just a a very, very young boy. Um, This was about 1941. It was a beautiful evening. It was about 3 a.m. He woke up in the middle of the night and he looked up at a beautiful starry sky and he heard his own voice say all of these things. Now, um, we talked about being impulsed from your spirit form. Well, he was impulsed to the point where words came out. Now, now, get that. He said, It says, then he heard a voice in, in his head that said, My life is made out of the love of creation. And he said, Also, a short time later, words suddenly formed on Billy's lips, which said, Since ancient times, You have lived among the stars, and suddenly Billy knew who he was and what his mission on the earth was. And suddenly impulses came from somewhere, which he later recognized as impulses from the storage bank. So that's the other. So we have three areas that we can be impulse from, and impulses are signals. They can come from your spirit form. They can come from your subconscious. Or it can come from these storage banks. So our world, the Earth, has storage banks of information. The solar system has storage banks of information. The galaxy has storage banks of information. And the universe does. Now at this time, Billy hasn't had any contacts with Svath yet. But he's getting just impulse from these storage banks of the universe. And then suddenly he, he hears his own voice say, since ancient times you have lived among the stars again. And it's just this tremendous experience he, he had. He, he saw the light which the stars emitted, but he recognized that the light of true love remained invisible, creational, and for all great time. So we're kind of, I would started... With Billy's first contacts with Spock, we talked a little bit about re- reincarnation. And I talked about the signals that come from the storage banks, the signals that come from our own spirit form, and the, the signals that can come from your subconscious. And one signal that you always have to, you know, you call it, you call it being creative, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the 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 Meyer material just calls it striving. And usually well, it it is a creative impulse. It is.
1: I I think what fascinates me so much about all of this and this material, I mean Billy has written 40 or 50 books on on oh. on so many subjects that it's unbelievable unbelievable. And <clears throat> some of the stuff gets more attention than others um but oh, yeah. but under you know undercurrenting all of this there is a there is always always a message of spirituality in everything that he has written and it doesn't matter who it is that his contact is that they're well they are giving him information about the world and predictions about the you know the destiny of humanity and all of this there is always that, that that underlying flow of peace harmony love um and and the spiritual aspect of our lives and what what amazed me is and I forget where exactly I read it it, it was that, that basically the earth has been protected until we have until we are capable of reaching out into the stars ourselves. And, and then, of course, then we have to fend for ourselves. But but the reality is, even if technology gets there, if spiritually we aren't in the right place, we won't survive.
2: Exactly. That's very and, and very true.
1: And so Can it's, you kind it's of really... See... Go ahead. Well, I, think what I was so what, going to say... Yeah, go ahead. I'll shut up. Do you up. see that? How...
2: <laughs> Do you, do you see how sometimes this stuff just absorbs me I mean the spiritual teachings rather than the prophecy not that the prophecy oh yeah is important
1: and I mean, well yeah, no the pro- some of it's fun and some of it is titillating but but the the basic message that that you know absolutely proves is everything that I've read that that you know comes through him is the most important thing is that we become spiritually attuned and spiritually mm-hmm. connected. And and by that, I mean a total awareness of the spirit that is in, within us and the power that that spirit has and carries. And, and unless we have that quality in us, it doesn't matter how technological we are. We, we cannot survive and endure.
2: And, and all the dots connect in these spiritual yeah. teachings
1: and all and so
2: sparks. <laughs>
1: you on. know I think one of one of my one of the things that that has driven me um to this point in time and will continue probably for a while, is that this is a message that needs to get out there, and its, it does. it's and I said it the other night when we were on your show, this is not a religion. This philosophy no. is synchronistic with almost every religion out there, the, 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 the foundations of them anyhow. It's, it's mm-hmm. a philosophy on how to live your life and how to apply it to your everyday life. And not just one day, but a constant flow of energy, a constant practice of this material gets you to, I mean, it, it, it enriches your life tremendously. And it's it leads to joy.
2: It does. It does. It's uh, I the way the and I think he talks about it. and I can't remember which book up the top of my head is it's the psyche or the mighty thoughts or the way to live. But it used to be I would and I still do this sometimes. You know, I would sit down in an hour. Like this evening, I sat down maybe for a half an hour, and just read 10 pages. But that's kind of really not the way he suggests you study. Like this morning, I sat down for almost an hour before work, and I spent the whole hour on one paragraph.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, <laughs> that is, is, is the way I'm moving to. So in, it used to be that I would read 20 pages, and then 10, and then 5, and then 2, and then a par- you know, Now I'm down to a paragraph. And just, it's the contemplation. And maybe we can jump into that real quick. This is like near the back of the book. So, uh, (laughs) so 216. 216, 216, page 216. Oh, come on, there it is, okay. But only human beings who are able to control, keep pure and use their thoughts and the might of thoughts of their thoughts in a neutral, positive, equalized form. Okay, let me explain this concept. We're told to think in a neutral, positive, equalized form. What that means is just slightly to the positive. Okay, so you're not overly positive, but you're still positive. And it says here, let me read it again to put it back into its context. But only human beings who are able to control, keep pure and use their thoughts and the might of their thoughts in a neutral, positive, equal equalized form subject the winds and the storms of their unchecked and untamed and uncontrolled desires. So he's making a, a metaphor here. Winds and storms are like your thoughts... When they're unchecked, untamed, uncontrolled, and you have passions and passions, you know they could be, it could be anger, it could be lust. I mean, there's a lot of different passions, but when they, they create a, like a storm in your mind. And typically what happens at this point with, with most folks is they start to rotate negative thinking. And it's it's a compulsive rotating, and they get people get to where they can't stop their negative thoughts, and they can't break free, and the thoughts become more and more and more and more negative, and they just continue, and usually people do this when they're having a difficult thing that they're struggling with, and they rotate thoughts that are negative and negative, and they can't break away. Now, how do you break away? Well, you can listen to. Good music, that's a really good way to break away. You can meditate. That's another way to stop the cycle of negative thoughts. You can also, if you have memories that are pleasant, that are kind of neutral, visualize a very happy time in your life when something happened. that's kind of neutral. So this is the way you break that circle. And I bet you can remember a few times in your life when you had cyclic negative thoughts I have you? you and the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh okay. yeah, sure, of and course. It, it,
1: everybody. You know, it's it's okay. sort of like you know the the desire to kill. Yeah. Um, not really kill, but but you know it's sort of like. Yes, you lose control. It can
2: lead to that. It can lead to that. Yeah.
1: Well, well I've never gotten quite there, but 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 well, yes, and what ha- <laughs> what what happens is that that you start yourself on a on a downward spiral. And, you know, those slippery slopes are very hard to, to stop, but, but, you know, if you're in one of those, those spirals, um, it's very difficult to, to, to pull reason and logic into your mind and say, is it really this bad? Is it really the end of the world? Is it really, you know, as bad as it seems? And once, once you start to get logic into it, and logic does help a lot, um it, it you're able to sort of you're able to sort of um pull yourself to a place where you can you can take a look at things and be a little more logical and sometimes you just need to take a walk in nature sometimes you just need oh. to separate yourself from whatever it is that is that. driving you crazy. I've had times where my computer literally i would like to have taken a hammer to it, and wow. you know those are those are moments when. You just get up and you walk away and you come back with a with a fresher mind and a, and a cleaner slate and and you can think more logically. Sometimes you get so cluttered with with anger or resentment or frustration mm-hmm. that that you can't that that reasoning is you know it goes out to lunch. It's it's just not there.
3: Uh, that's so, very true.
1: But but you know I think that so many people especially today, are so frustrated by things in life that, that they get carried away with it, that they don't put it in perspective. And I think that's something that's very important to all of us to, to I mean, and this book helps. This book, you know, gives you ways to, to, to shift and change your, your thoughts and your philosophies so that, so that you, you see a greater beauty and a greater balance. You're in a magnificent planet. That is, oh, yeah. that is so beautiful And balanced It's unbelievable and, and sometimes I go out in nature Because nature for me is very balanced I take my shoes off oh, And yeah. I stand on the ground And I connect myself to the earth energy And that, that brings me back to center And it's important to be able to I think recognize When you are not balanced And then have a way that you can go to To find your balance again
2: That's a good Point to say I always look uh, sense my feelings. In other words, if I have Billy says it goes this way is that thoughts create the feelings. And feelings are different than emotions too, because the feelings grow. the emotions will rage upward out of control. But the feelings are they grow out of the thought. Now, feelings can also spawn thoughts, but generally speaking, the feelings, and if you have a negative feeling, usually you had a negative thought before that. And if you feel that negative feeling, then you're out of neutral positive balance. So that's one way to tell. So good thoughts lead to good feelings, good feelings lead to good habits, and good habits lead to good circumstances.
1: Yeah, but this so doesn't mean to be a were... Pollyanna-type person either. I mean, you can be just oh, too, no. too goody-goody, and that, that leads to the same kind of trouble the other direction does.
2: It's very true. That's exactly. And did you read that in the book? That's exactly what the book says.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did read the book, Mark.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, very good. So the winds and the storms, it's, he says here, Subject the winds and the storms of their unchecked, untamed, uncontrolled desires, wishes, passions, habits, and other terrible things to consciously control obedience. So, and that's what you were saying about letting the negative be there. The only time you have to just, you have to not do that is if you, if you run out of control and you feel yourself rotating negative thoughts and you're at a neutral positive But if you're in neutral positive, you can let the negative be there
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and observe it without reacting. Well, that's a little challenge.
1: It's a big challenge. Um, But recognizing it for what it is is important, too. And lots of times when we recognize that there is frustration and anger and everything, just the recognition of it starts to pull it back and dissipate it.
2: Yeah, I can give you an example. I recently had. I've been a lot having a lot of work done with the house and and the, and the company that's doing it. There, he's a good guy. He's a young guy, and he's running his own business. And he, I wanted the trees first, right? And you can imagine. I I have already a lot of trees, but I'm getting more. Mm-hmm. So, but he would never. He could, for whatever reason, he did other things first, like the driveway, which needed done for sure. And the power washing was needed done, so he finally got the trees, and I have a pine tree that has been having problems, okay it fell down once, and I bolstered it back up in my crude way of you know supporting trees which wasn't a good way. I knew it was a temporary thing so and I explained to them what I wanted them to do to to put this tree I wanted them to put Ropes in four directions and stake it to the ground. Well, they didn't do that. I guess they didn't have time or whatever. The next day, a massive storm came and knocked that tree down. Oh. So I called. Yeah, figures, right? It Actually, does in a way. But so I called the guy and I said, you know, gosh, could you please put this tree back up? I want to save this tree so it doesn't die. He says, oh yeah, fine. So I waited a couple of days. He didn't do anything. So I sent him an email. And I'm really digressing, folks. I sent him an email, and um, I said, hey, I think this tree is going to die if we don't get it fixed. And he said, all he sent back to me is its schedule. So the next day I was thinking, which was, I guess this was yesterday, I was thinking, I said, I want to send him an email, I, and I felt myself detached. I felt myself go neutral. But there was still a strong feeling there. And it had a bit of negative to it, but I was consciously in control. It, in other words, it was obedient.
3: <laughs> Don't put it down. That
2: yeah. Okay. That's the way Okay. Yeah. So okay. I knew I wasn't out of balance. So I sent the guy a message, I said, um, I know this doesn't relate to anyone's life but mine. Uh, I sent the message. I said, "Look, if you can't do it, I'm going to have to get another service to do it because I want to. Um, I don't want this treated on." So the next uh, this morning, by 7 a.m., there was a guy out here fixing it. So, but I what, you see, I did not let myself go negative. But I did not be. I wasn't submissive either. You see, I did not. I did not um, ignore the negative. In other words, I I saw the negative of what was happening. You know, for example, um, I guess a a huge or bigger example would be, say someone in your family has a horrible accident and they're bleeding out, and you call the ambulance, and you say, please come and pick my family member, whoever it is, and they say, oh, you're on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so what I'm saying is we have the right to to stand up for ourselves, we have the right to not be submissive, and we're not talking about something here that just um you don't you shouldn't be submissive, you can recognize but you need to be. Like a captain steering the ship, you know, you can't let uh-huh. the feelings fit, the emotions run out of control. So, anyway, I want to get back to. Go ahead if you want to comment. Jump in there.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and and I think that part of this the material that we're talking about, and you you know you can go to the sites on Billy Meyer. There's there, there's the Figu one, and there's the. Um, Future of mankind both both websites have a tremendous amount of material there um, it it's It's really talking about getting to know yourself, becoming in touch with yourself on all levels of consciousness and the spirit that is that is carried within as well so that so that you are more of a cosmic individual than you are just a humanoid on the planet at this moment in time.
2: you know one of the things that i realized or somewhere I heard someone say this is that I think people do drugs because they cannot control the contents of their consciousness. In other words, the only thing that they can do is either drink or do drugs. That's why there's such an appeal to that. And I never, growing up as as a kid, I couldn't understand why people wanted to get high. You know, I just, I didn't have that um, need, but I think it is particularly occurs when people cannot control the contents of their consciousness.
1: Well, and they can't cope with aren't. their reality.
2: Exactly. It's the same thing. It's the same yeah. exact thing. Yeah, you're just saying it in a different way, yeah.
1: So, 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 basically, all of his material, doesn't matter what part of it you read, you will find spiritual information there. No matter what he's talking about, and mm-hmm. it's it's it's. I mean, like you said, repeating, 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 repeating. Um, I I get a feeling, depending on you know whether you take the material from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, whenever, it all has a, a recurring theme of of awakening the spirit within, allowing it to be more of a part of your reality. Applying spiritual laws um, You know the, the the love and the compassion That is of a spiritual nature These visitors That, that he met with and, and talked with and has for For decade upon decade upon decade Have been giving him Technical information Of course you know that's what's You know What, what draws people in But fundamentally at the very base of everything They've been talking about compassion and love and sharing and and the spirit that is carried within and how important it is for society as a whole to become more spiritually aware and and it gives you the it gives you the tools to sort of start working on making that change within yourself because now you've been reading this material for how long
2: uh. I think I started around 2008 or 2007, and I started my radio show in 2010, and I started with the contact reports solely, Mm -hmm. and then um, I can't remember if it was 2013 or 2012 exactly, I went out to Munns Park to uh, a, a meeting where people were studying the Meyer material and they had the book there. They had the Mind of Thoughts book there, and I had never experienced that before because they would read a sentence, and I would understand maybe a word or two, but I, you know, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't understand two percent of what that sentence was saying, and every single sentence was that way, and I was just astonished, and I. It was there a couple days um, And I am at, I'm at, I'm at, I Was able to get the Might of Thoughts book I bought it from Michael Horn And I bought the book The Psyche I think I ordered the way to live much later But If we got time for a little funny story I'll tell you a funny story sure. So I have the book I have the Might of Thoughts And I have the book The Psyche And it's time for me to leave so I go over to the the um, the airport there. Um, goodness sakes, I always have trouble remembering the name of this town. Up north there in Arizona, I was staying at Munns Park. That's what I had the meetings for. The Oh, goodness, on the tip of my tongue, it'll come back later. So I'm in this okay. little airport, and I don't want to bore everyone while I have to go look it up. Um, <laughs> but drives me crazy, though, let me tell you. Uh, so here I am, and I'm with the book, The Psyche, because he says, okay, start reading The Psyche. And my plane was leaving like at 9 o'clock or something. I can't remember exactly when, and I was there like super early. So I open up this book, The Psyche, and I read the first 10 pages, and I realize I don't understand a friggin' thing it Not nothing. Not a thing. I wasn't getting nothing. So I go back over it, and I I spent the next hour and a half reading the first ten pages over and over and over and over again. Probably before my flight left, I had probably read it a dozen times. And I understood maybe three percent of it. Mm -hmm. Now, now, and I, I had a really weird experience there as well because, and I, maybe I'll tell this because it kind of fits into the spiritual teaching a little bit. Because, and, and tell me, you'll probably have a story to tell me at some point, but whenever you make, and Billy talks about it in the book here, whenever you're starting to make progress learning, something will come up to oppose you. So, Here I am, I'm like, ah, there's no one around. I got all this time. I got like two hours before the plane leaves. So I'm going to really be able to study this stuff. So I got about 10 minutes into this study, and I'm like so focused. And I can see in the periphery of my eye something. There are some people coming in or something. And there's this little old lady, and she just runs right into me. For some reason, she was... I don't know if she wasn't paying attention or what. She didn't even say excuse me. She didn't say nothing. And her husband was behind her, and he's pulling all of this luggage. And I'm like, wait, this is weird. That was really rude. And she sat down right beside me, turned her back to me, and started talking to her husband in another language. I don't know. Maybe it was Italian. I don't know what it was. But they were really loud, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not going I said I'm not gonna say anything here. I'm not gonna let myself get angry. So I got up and I went, you know, maybe forty chairs in the other direction, sat down again, started reading, and I got about ten minutes of reading done. All of a sudden something bumps into me again. It's that same that same lady. I'm like, what the hell? And she acts like she doesn't know what she's doing. And she sits down beside me again with her back to me, which is really weird. And she starts talking to her husband. And really loud. Okay. So I'm like, so I'm cool. I'm not going to get angry about this. But I'm starting to think like, man, maybe these people are crazy or something. You, know, you start thinking these crazy thoughts. Like, you know, maybe they got a gun or something. Maybe they're going to, I don't know, you know, I don't know what. So I waited about 10 minutes, you know, and then I went to a complete, I mean, the building's very long, but it's not a very big airport. Um, 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 Oh, shoot, I almost on the tip of my tongue. What's the name (laughs) of the airport? But I went to the um, um, other side of the airport. I'm telling you, I went... It's probably 50 yards to the other side of the airport. And, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm back into the book again. And here she comes again. I'm like, what are these people doing? And finally, I mean, she sits down the same way, bumps into me again, turns her back on me, is talking really loud with her husband. Okay. And finally, her husband, who can speak English, talks to me and he says do you think we'll be able to take food on the plane? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like uh, well maybe if you've got something small you can put it in your pocket. And and they say no we have like they have this big cake. And I'm like uh, see those people over there with uniforms on? You need to go ask them. But I doubt that they'll uh-huh. let you to take let you take that on the plane, so they went over there to talk to those people. So I went to the other side of the airport again <laughs> to try to get away from them, so I could go back to reading my material, which was the whole reason for my trip out there and home. But that's the story. Wasn't that weird?
1: Very um, weird. So did they? So well, every it. Did they get it? Could they take it on? Did they? You know. Now you got me. Hooked. I think they
2: actually. I, I think they actually did, which I was shocked because I saw them go through the the little, you know, metal detectors and all that, and talk to the people. I'm like, wow, they're going to let them take that yes. onto the plane? <laughs> I don't know if they had to put it in storage or what. I don't know who they were. I don't know why they kept following me around the airport. Yeah, no, that, the thing.
1: that that is something that that does happen. It's almost as though. You're you're being tested by the universe. Do you really want to get into this? Do you really want to yeah. set yourself up for this? Do you are you sure you really want to do this? And I, I think in many ways we're we're given when we get to that plateau, when we get to that threshold, um, there, there's a lot of of testing that goes on. You know, do you, how badly do you really want this? Are you willing to? Put the effort into it, are you willing to make whatever sacrifice you need to make in order to gather this information and and I think that does happen when you when you come up against the threshold of greater awareness greater learning greater knowledge and I'm not talking about school stuff i 'm talking about inner knowledge and wisdom that has to do with the evolution of your spirit and and it's, it it is common that that the universe says, are you sure? Do you really want to do this? No. Are you sure? you really want to put the effort into it? And, and you can't back up. This is one of those cases where you can't say, I changed my mind. There is no going back from this. Once you make that step into the journey of the spirit, um, you're locked in. And and you're told that. You're told there's no backing out. You're told this is going to be your journey. This is, you know, if you, it's kind of like you take door number one, door number two, or door number three. And if you take the one that is the spiritual journey, and, and, and if you take either of the other two, there's no backing out either. There's no changing your mind in, in mid lifetime. It's a commitment. And some, some people hit it early, some people hit it later. Some people never choose a door. But but if you choose the door and if you keep going, it's an amazing journey.
2: By the way, that airport was uh, Flagstaff. Okay. Flagstaff. Airport. Yeah. yeah. What's what's hard to remember about that? I don't know. Every time I read it, I know exactly. That's it. So anyway, that was my weird, weird experience. So and and for weeks, I still reread maybe the first twenty or thirty pages of the psyche. And the psyche is supposed to be read before um, you read the might of thoughts. And so I I, I took the advice and did that. Um, Now, one interesting thing that, and I knew this before I went to Munns Park, I knew about something called the gamut, which I thought was the most fascinating term. And I had learned Randy Winters talk about that. Have you probably heard of Randy Winters, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I have.
2: And um he talked a little bit about the gamut. And it was one of those things I heard instantly and I would just fascination came over me. And The Meyer material says you have a spiritual consciousness and it says you have a material consciousness. The material consciousness is controlled, the thoughts and feelings are controlled by something called the psyche, hence the book named The Psyche. Well, the spiritual consciousness, is; its feelings and thoughts are controlled by something called the gemut. And I will read this in the book, The Psyche, it says, the gemut is referred to as that spiritual block and factor which within the spirit body of a life form, in this case the human being, regulates and looks after the spirit consciousness-based feelings and the spirit consciousness-based thoughts in itself in a constant equalized form. Contrary to the psyche, the gemut of the spirit realm cannot be influenced by negative powers. Example, negative thoughts, but only neutral positive ones, which therefore means that only powers corresponding to an equalized form of positive and negative penetrate into the gamut, through which the gamut always exhibits an equalized harmony, from which the half-material psyche again profits to a certain extent. Because the gamut supplies it with harmonious swinging waves. Now, there's something called this this harmonious swinging waves, the psychic swinging waves. And the, the material consciousness is supplied with these psychic swinging waves. They come from the gamut. they the, your spiritual consciousness. And
4: mm-hmm.
2: the... The gemut is directly somehow connected to the universal consciousness. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. It says here, um, the gimmut supplies it, meaning the psyche, with swing waves and necessary mounts, in which case a part of these swinging waves originate from the realm of cosmic electromagnetic life energy. Contrary to the material consciousness, which is able to create negative as well as positive and also neutral positive thoughts. The spirit consciousness operates only in the form of equalizedness and thus in neutral positive form. Therefore, negative and positive are harmoniously equalized and also create a corresponding harmony with which the gamut absorbs and works with, and indeed in both, spiritual as well as in the material realm. So, and this appears in nature. Let, let me try to, there's something in the, it's called uh, the Goblet of Truth, and there's a passage which calls um, What the Truth Knows to Say, and it goes on to say rivers, stones, plants, trees, bushes, trees, everything that crawls and flies on the earth is a life form with a spirit form. And these spirit forms are on a journey through time. And many of these creatures are aware of each other. They're connected by psychic swinging waves. And when I read that, those sentences in The Goblet of Truth, what I thought about was, you know, when you go into a forest... And at night, if it's in the evening, you'll hear all the crickets, all these lower-level creatures. They're communicating with each other, and they're aware of each other. If you see the birds, as they fly, they fly as a unit. You see mm-hmm. 20 or 30 sparrows, and they it's like they're telepathically connected. I think it's these psychic swinging waves. It's the same thing with a school of fish. So all of creation is what's called a we form, a oneness. Particularly human beings are also another we form. And this is a term that's, so we're all connected subconsciously in ways we don't understand yet. What's very interesting, you know, when they did the research with the monkeys, the monkeys that wash their potatoes on one on one uh island in the pacific uh they're much healthier when, because they wash all the dirt off well spontaneously just a few days or weeks later um monkeys on another island will start to do the same thing you probably heard this story right yeah uh, What well, is the it's,
1: same same thing with with what? um crows um if which I have found they did a study and there was um, a man who, who actually mistreated or killed several crows um, by, by his farm. And, you know, he did it in a brutal way. And, and the crows sort of um, the rest of the flock um, did malicious things to him. You know, they, they, Oh, really? they did nasties to him and and so he ac- he eventually just moved and he moved literally across the country, and within a week's time, there was a flock of crows there doing the same thing to him they had it It's almost like they knew that he he had done harm to one of theirs and that they were not going to put up with it. It's the most incredible thing yeah. I have ever heard.
2: That is amazing. If you ever find that link, send it to me. I'd love sure. to read that. That's it's fascinating.
1: Just, and, it, you know, I know it happens with crows. I don't know about other breeds, but I do know that on some level, um, animals, um, of course, they, they communicate um, in in, a, in an alpha state. So that as a human, if you want to communicate with your animals, if you get into the alpha state, and send them a picture of what you want them to do, they do respond. Um and, and I've worked really? with, with oh oh yeah. Uh, so many you know say, well I talk to my dog and he understands me. Your dog understands the tone of voice. Your dog does not understand necessarily the words unless it's treats and then of course they all understand. But right. but but they they communicate because obviously they're not talking, they communicate with pictures. They, they telepathically send pictures to one another. And if you sit and put yourself in alpha and send a picture, um, I, had a, I had a cat who had to have, um, he was bipolar, and he had to have medication, um, a cream rubbed in his ear every night that, that would calm him down. And mm-hmm. if, I was, if he was sitting on the bed with me and I, I realized the time and it would be, oh, shoot, i got to give Angel his medication, I would get it and he would be gone and and so i i would sit on my bed i would calm myself down i would very quietly picture him laying someplace then getting up and stretching and walking back from wherever he was and jumping on the bed within 5 to 7 minutes he was on my bed not happy but he was there and i was able to give him the medication I mean, it was in his ear. It, was not, it didn't hurt or anything. He was just obnoxious. But horses are that way. Horses you can send messages to and they respond. Um, anybody who is a communicator with animals go into alpha. So those people who meditate and can get into the alpha theta state and then send pictures to animals. I had a cat who was having accidents all over the house and she wasn't, there was nothing wrong with her. She was physically fine. Hmm. And so I, I went online and I looked for a pet psychic and was in the middle of signing up. And, and I, then I saw it was going to cost me $400 for the consultation. And I, I got out real fast. Wow. And, and I took the cat and I sat her on my chest and I said, I'm a psychic. I can do this. So let, let's mm-hmm. just sit here and close our eyes. And she stared at me and I peeked and I said, no, close your eyes you know and i my eyes closed again and i peeked again and her eyes were closed and i <clears throat> pictured myself i sent to her my my being confused and upset when she was having accidents all over and it was like you know i was confused and mm-hmm. then i blanked my mind and i waited and it took about 5 minutes and i saw her in a litter box with one of the other cats jumping on her
2: That is, and i
0: oh
1: and and I said so you need another litter box I put a different litter box down in a different place so that there was more than one litter box around there there were no I put two mm-hmm. more around and there were no more accidents ever
2: That's great That's great That's an amazing so, story
1: So so well yes they have the wave they have a spiritual wave and we can get into that wave and we can communicate with them by putting ourselves in that alpha state. And it's, it's, Hmm. you know, I I've not tried it with ants and flies and mosquitoes, but I would imagine if you worked really hard enough, you could, because especially ants and, and bugs and stuff like that, they are a group mentality basically. So if you can get yourself there, um, you can probably communicate. Frankly, I'm just a cat and dog person as far as this goes. I know people who do this with horses, however, and and hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it with birds outside because I feed the birds year round, and they see me coming, and I hear them yelling at each other in the bur in the, in the trees. And if I stand very very still, I can get them to land on me and eat out of my hand.
2: Seriously, that's amazing. That's great. So
1: it so you know it isn't and, and you know if you learn to communicate with the animals you communicate better with people too. Hmm. The same can be said with sending messages telepathically to somebody to calm them down. Or hmm. you know sometimes sometimes words don't work but pictures do.
2: Hmm. And
1: people it's good people, that,
2: that you say pictures it's really good that you say pictures. You know there's a contact report somewhere that says Uh, with a player and talked about one of the most damaging things that has occurred to us on this planet is our languages. They've really hurt our conscious development for some reason. I don't know why. Particularly English, probably. Isn't that well
1: Somebody somebody I knew um, a long time ago said to me that, that, um, how did he put it? a word doesn't begin to begin to live until it's spoken. And when it's spoken, Hmm. it has an energy and that energy can impact you. Hmm. So, so it's, it's, it's really important to, you know, I try very hard to choose my words because knowing that once spoken, they're out there and they're alive and they can touch people's lives in lots of different ways. So, so that, you know when you're you're putting a live energy out there when you're verbalizing something that's an energy that's being sent out and it's not hitting just the person that's directed at it, it's hitting everybody in the in the vicinity.
3: Hmm.
2: You know there is a um, when I was looking at this stuff on page two sixteen, it was talking about the 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 storm metaphor in our psyche. Uh, It was kind of weird. I got off on this topic because I I had come to the conclusion that he was saying that optimism, if you you fall into these ungoverned, unmastered, short-tempered, unrestrained, lacking self-control kind of thoughts, that it makes it harder to be a true optimist. And well, because he has, go ahead. Well, I,
1: yeah, I think the one thing that, that I, I want to get across is that that all of this is not just a one moment or a one hour or a one half hour thing. It, it's it's an energetic that is something you begin to live. Um,
2: exactly, yeah.
1: So, so that it's, it's like somebody says, well, I'm going to meditate for half an hour and then I've done my spiritual stuff. Well, that, you know, you meditated and you got your energy balanced and stuff like that, but that's not your spiritual stuff. Your spiritual stuff is how you live your life. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's one of the main things that I think this, this you know, getting, getting back even to the title of the book, The Might, the Might of Thought. Um, it's amazing because, because if you think it, you can become it. If you think it and focus on it, it can be manifest within your reality. Our thoughts are the most powerful things in the whole world. It's just amazing. Mm. And, and we, can, we, can, we can creatively shift and change everything with, with our thoughts if we work with it and then live it and and it's sort of like it's not something that you do for for just a few moments and expect the universe to reward you it's how you apply it to your life and then live it and by doing that you have empowered um you have t- you you have tapped into incredible power of spirit and that can make things happen now it it's not necessarily going to Enable you to have a winning lottery ticket because that's not what this this stuff is for that's That's not what this power is for. this power is to enlighten expand and 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 enhance your life, not to bring you something you haven't earned
3: That's
2: mm. my opinion good point very, very good point, you know. One of the things, that I, wonder, I wanted to kind of talk about this at the beginning of the show just to get your thoughts on this, because I know you do a two-hour show. Yep. Um, the Meyer information, it, it, he, he talks about how to study this, and he says, <laughs> take a few little sections and repeat them out loud. And mm-hmm. then he says, use a, a red pen to underline things. And I think somewhere he says, don't go over an hour. <laughs> <given> <laughs> I think that there's some truth to that. I really do. So, well,
1: if we, if we were plowing, you, you know, full tilt into this, yeah, it would be much too much. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. The, uh, i just. It seems like there is a. It's kind of like you have a cup, like let's say the goblet of truth, or some cup. And you're filling it with water It just seems like after about an hour The cup is filled <laughs> It
3: <just laughs> can that much more
2: now, when can't It can't get totally, Yeah it can't get fuller Otherwise it just spills out on the table <laughs> You know so, uh, so Sometimes I think the um, The For some reason This spirit teaching stuff is so Dense You know it's just uh, after about an hour, I was just like, "Oof." So <laughs> I just wondered. Um, you 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 prefer the two hour though, don't you?
1: Well, I I, oh listen, I can go one hour. I have no problem with that. I okay. I think that that lots of times though, you 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 put something out and you put it out in three or four different ways because everybody mm-hmm. hears differently, and you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's the anecdotes. Sometimes it's the the heavy duty stuff, sometimes it's a sentence in one place or another that ties it all together and I think especially with the Meyer material understanding that 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 Billy Meyer is not a, he is an incredibly wise individual, but he is not what we could call traditionally well educated um his wisdom and everything that 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 he is at this moment in time is is a reflection of the material that he has brought through and shared that has been given to him by by um a race, a culture um, a people that that are um ahead of us as far as evolution goes, and you know he became a channel for the material he obviously understands it. And, and I would imagine that, that in many cases, being a channel or a chalice of, of this information, I, it, he had to at some point realize that this was going to take over his life, and it has. I mean, there have been attempts on his life because of the material he's tried to share. And he's basically, he lives a very isolate life right about now because of all the threats to him so that so that you have to understand that all of this material the 40 or 50 books that are out there i don't believe he lives like a rich man i don't think he is mm-hmm. but he's dedicated his life to sharing this material and if even if you don't even if you don't believe where it came from all you have to do is read some of the material and know that this is something that is that, that comes from a very deep place within him, whether it's from reincarnations of many lifetimes, whether it's from um, visitors from another realm, from another dimension. This is not something that a man who has no education, a simple farmer, could possibly be able to write.
2: The most uh, convincing to me are the writing. To me, it just it leaves no doubt in my mind but I guess everyone thinks differently. I mean, some people focus on the photographs, which are fascinating. And I think it's a good place to kind of get yourself started. I was always kind of amazed. I don't know if you have you ever seen any of the films?
1: Yeah, um, I have. I like know it? they tried to debunk him and they couldn't.
2: I know the wedding cake craft uh, just hovering perfectly still right beside that tree. And uh, the the other the other disc above the road, just hovering there. It's it's, it's amazing to watch. But um, I I never want I never really wanted my show to go down this this path. I never I never you know because it's like a self help show now. Yeah, <laughs> <I mean>, it's, <laughs> it's not. is not really exopolitics anymore. I mean. But this is where it's at. I mean, this is where I am. And I, I don't think there's any way, like you said, to kind of I, I'm not interested as much in the other stuff anymore. I find it interesting, but I'm not, you know.
1: Well, I think that, I, you know, he's, there's so much. I mean, yes, the spiritual stuff is heavy duty and it's, it's profound. But, you know, if you're not ready for it, there's so much else in, in the Billy Meyer material to look at. I mean, oh, yeah. th- this, this man, I mean,
3: the
1: history. oh, gosh, yeah, and, and not only that, but he goes into, um, I mean, we did a show a while back about who were the Atlanteans that was fascinating, and, and a lot of his material does open you up to, to viewing our history and our reality and, and the destiny of humanity in a completely different way. And so, so you you cannot just dwell on the spiritual stuff because there's so much more here. And I think yeah, you know that's what thrills
2: me. The the other the other day I wrote down 21 topics of information, um, and I'll just run through them real quick because I want to keep iterating over these reincarnation creation, the creation of natural laws, the might of thoughts, Billy's early life, the Giza intelligences, the book, The Way to Live, Atlantis, which you brought up, prophecy, the history of earth humans, the book, The Psyche, which I read from tonight, history beyond the earth, um, the universal prophet, Noko Damien, which we've talked mm-hmm. about, which is Billy's previous personalities, the seven steps of evolution, We talked about that last show, I think. Uh, The Talmud of Emmanuel. uh, Find Fluidal Forces. I don't think we've ever talked about that in much detail. Overpopulation. There's another incredible topic. Probably one of the most important things we could talk about. The other thing is Billy's book, The Goblet of Truth. Uh, We could also talk about, which we just touched on a little bit, the evidence for the case, the physical evidence. The other thing that i I like to talk about is is the New world order, and what Billy has to say about that, although he doesn't say as much as I would like him to say,
3: <laughs> but it's,
2: I'd like to hear more but uh yeah, yeah, all of these different topics I think are so fascinating
1: oh they are and and you know i I think that the the perspective that that his writings gives you is, I mean, the Talmud of, of Emmanuel was, was fascinating. Um, it, it, it does give you another perspective as to um, the Bible and the life of, of Jesus. And you, you know, you, you really, if you, you have to have an open mind, you have to be able to look at it and say, I never thought of it that way, but that's, that's a perspective that, that you know has has value as well as everything else that's been taught. It gives you it gives you more choices. It gives you more ways of, of embracing information that, that has possibly been shoved down your throat in another way. So um, you know all of this material is fascinating. I mean, the Giza Plateau stuff um, I thought was you know amazing i i, I really enjoy, i i enjoyed it i and i think the one, while the spiritual stuff is heavy duty and very serious there is so much here that is so much fun to look at i mean we we did an entire show on on the predictions and all of the things that he had predicted that had come you know come to pass. that the, mm-hmm. the was fascinating. I mean, I think we spent a whole show. Each of us had a different set of them that we were looking at, and we kept finding more and more things that that actually had, you know, it happened. That that, and then and then I think that the cool thing was I think one of the last times that, that um, I, I forget who it was he was communicating with at that time, but he asked for predictions, and the, and whoever it was said, no, we're not giving you any more. You don't listen to what we say anyhow. So, <laughs> mm. Mm. And, and it's true. I mean, all of these, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of predictions over the years, and so many of them, so very, very accurate. And, you know, what? Okay, they were accurate, so what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to listen a little harder or just do like we did and have lots of fun and figure out, wow, he really did have, he, he hit so much stuff that was just unbelievable, but he won't do predictions anymore or, or at least whoever he was talking to won't. Hmm. Which I
3: thought was kind do you, of not
1: fun.
2: Do you want to focus on the mind of thoughts for the remainder of the show? Do you want to take a tangent into Emmanuel? The let's let's J. go into
1: Emmanuel. Yeah, let's go into yeah okay. Emmanuel because that's I mean the might of thoughts is heavy heavy stuff and and I really do want to cover it but you're right you can't think, you can't it it it's small bites.
2: <laughs> exactly. Okay, um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. The I I like to start with the letter J. It takes the pressure off of me, so to speak, because then I don't have to be so controversial. Um, (laughs) The letter J is a very new letter. It's the youngest letter in in the alphabet. Now, when I say that, we could talk about the letter J in English, but the letter J didn't appear until about 1500 or so. And there was a guy named Gian Giorgio Teresino who invented the letter J, and he was an Italian scholar. Now, this may not click with you right away, but the letter J never existed in the Hebrew, the Latin, or the Greek. And those are the languages of the Bible. The the letter J Mm -hmm. never existed in any of the languages of the ancient world. It wasn't until about 1550. So people say, and you said just yourself right now, Jesus. Yeah. Well, he absolutely could not have been called Jesus during his time because there was nothing in any of the earth languages to support the just sound. And people say, well, wait a minute. What about Julius Caesar and what about the book of Job and all that? Those names have been changed as well, people. And and how? What evidence do you have of that, Mark? Well, you can easily determine that the letter J did not exist until around 1550 or um, 1600 or so. And go look that up for yourself. It it wasn't in the even the, in the old English. Now, if you look at the old crucifix paintings of the crucifixion, and I, you know, I have an art degree. I have a degree that's pretty much similar to computer science. I work in the the computer field now as a programmer, but I almost went back to try to get my master's degree in art because I was so interested in art history. And you see all these paintings, of Christ crucified, and at the top you see the acronym I N R I, and it's a Latin acronym that means Iesus Nazarenus Rex Iodorian, which basically says um, uh, Jesus Christ, King of the Jews. Now It doesn't use the name Jesus. Notice it begins with an I Mm
3: -hmm.
2: instead of the English J, I-N-R-I. And the name that's usually spelled there in Latin is I-E-S-V-S, not Jesus, but I-E-S-V-S or I-E-S-U-S. So if you, for example, if you look at the 1611 King James Bible, in the very first 1611, and I have a picture on my website of when it was printed, it says, the new, N-E-W-E, testament spelled differently, of our Lord and Savior, I-E-S-B-S Christ. Not Jesus, but this name, I E S V S. So whether the Meyer material says, during the time of his life his name was Emmanuel and somehow over time it got changed into Iesus or Jesus or some people say Yeshua and eventually in the very first english bible iesvs and then eventually it just morphed into Jesus but if you look at the greek for example of the new testament there is no letter J. You know, for mm-hmm. example, we have the Greek letter alpha, which corresponds to our letter A in English. We have the Greek letter beta, which corresponds to our letter B, and so on and so forth. There is no corresponding letter for J because it hadn't been invented yet. So you cannot argue logically I have never seen anyone refute this yet I'd be very interested to see someone try to refute it. His name absolutely couldn't been Jesus. So if they did if they changed the name of the central character, Jesus, they changed him to Jesus from Iesus or Jesus or Emmanuel as the of materials, so whatever his name was, if they mm-hmm. changed his name, if they changed the name of James, of John, which all also began with the letter I. If they changed the name of Job to the Book of Iob, what else did they change? <laughs> I mean, if they were they had the audacity to change his name, would they not change anything else? Well, I'd say to. they would. Yeah. Yeah. So I went into this thinking that I'm going to stumble across something here that disproves the Meyer material. This is when I went off to try to, because I was, as I've told you before, I was never really that interested in in the book of Emmanuel, the Talmud of Emmanuel. I still don't have the new one for whatever reason. Maybe it's my religious indoctrination or I, I don't know. But in any case, I went out to basically thought to myself, I'm going to stumble across something that disproves the Meyer material, but it just the opposite fact happens. Yeah. So I know I've told you this story before, but it's so important I think to understand that.
1: Well, it it definitely is, and it's something that it's it's again one of those. Um, I just read a book by. Um, oh, now his name is gone, but but the name of the book is Jesus Gate, and oh, it's really? it basic it it's it's a fabulous book um but but it goes into all of the the myths you know, the things that the that the church knows but hasn't really shared with us it, it isn't shared from the pulpit because you know it, it it sort of it tears apart well i mean it it doesn't it tears apart the story that we have been given for the last seven, you know, since you know, the last what mm-hmm. thousand or so years, it doesn't two
2: thousand, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and it it goes into you know, the fact that none of the none of the apostles or disciples actually wrote the books that have their names on them, the fact that so. uh, it 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 isn't that the material. In the Bible, in, in the New, in the Old Testament, and in, in the New Testament, isn't even in chronological order. I mean, it wasn't written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was written Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, and they were written, you know, anywhere from seventy years to over a hundred years after Jesus. And and Paul's material was really written before any of it. So, you know, it it gives you. It gives you an idea. It, it's a good bookmark, um, and and you you come away with the, the feeling that that something has been invented and a religion has been created. While while there may have been a philosophy that was out there, they they created a religion for control, more than anything else.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: and so you know it, it. I mean, I I have a a pretty good background in biblical stuff. I mean, I can't do chapter and verse like a lot of people can. But the stories and and and, and everything, it just it was it, it the Jesus who wrote it. You know, it really bugs me. Now 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 I have to, you know, stretch my brain. Um <laughs> I hate that when a name doesn't come when you want it to come. Um well,
2: Ernie You know
3: Ernie
1: Brinkus is is the author of it. And, um, uh, actually, uh, he's going to be on, um, my show, um, on Thursday.
3: Hmm.
1: We're going to talk. And, and he actually was one of the riptides, um, old, you know, the, in the 60s, it was a be he was like a beach boy. Their group was Ripcord's, riptides, goes hmm. back to the fifties and, and, um, they were actually quite well known and they toured and and he he went from being a teen idol so to speak to divinity school and he served in the pulpit for a number of years and then um he now teaches in colleges but he teaches theology but but the book is really fascinating because it really does he's you know and he he says that that um the higher ups in Christianity don't want all of this material out there because it it destroys the fabric of the foundation of the religion, Mhm. I have of, heard other people.
2: I have heard other people say too that, in the uh, was it the Dead Sea Scrolls that he's called Emmanuel, in, in yeah. some of those scrolls, and so people that don't know anything about the Meyer material will say that his name's Emmanuel. So, you know, who knows? I just. I mean, I see a lot of evidence that points to it. Isaiah 7.14, it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a young woman shall conceive and bear a son. His his name will be called Emmanuel. And, you know, there are so many things in in the Bible that's just it's hard to support logically. So,
3: well, it, I kind
2: of step back from yes. all of that because
1: of that. Y- yes, you're right. <laughs> um and 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 actually that that young woman shall bear a son and everything um is it, from the Old Testament. That they took that phrase mm-hmm. and they brought it forward so that so that um it it really wasn't it, it was taken out of context. And a lot of stuff oh, yeah. from the New Testament has been taken from the Old Testament out of context and you know, I'm not. I'm not meaning to tear apart anybody's religious belief system. I'm just saying that, that to me, it's fascinating to really not take everything at face value, but to actually research it and discover. You know, what what really is is something that you can feel like it's carved in stone, and something that isn't. So it, it it's 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 fun to research and and. It doesn't mean that you have any less faith or more faith because you do it or don't do it. It's just for me. It's been a journey that's been fascinating, and and it, it gives me a more um, a better feeling about spirit and and the cosmos and creation and where we came from. It, it gives me a better feeling, a, a sense of comfort, not because the, the biblical stuff now no longer holds the same. Um, sway over me it's just that that was a wonderful stepping stone to get into a place where I have a more cosmic view of it all and not everybody wants that you know and and what you believe in how you believe in is, is wonderful but the most important thing is how you practice that belief system and I think that's what the Meyer material comes down to to be honest with you he gives you a philosophy as to how to, to allow the spirit within to manifest within your reality and to give you a richer, better life. And, and it's, his material is not a religion. It's a philosophy. One, of the,
2: things can, is the, one of the beginning things in the Mind of Thoughts book I think is very important is to, he says the human being must make the effort to clarify his or her thoughts so they become more valuable, purposeful, and productive. And what does clarify mean? Well, it means to make things less confused, more clearly comprehensible. It's to make things more understandable, to take away the ambiguity. So it's to remove confusion So, one of the things I've learned to do over time is actually speak this stuff out loud. And he says to do that in one of his books to actually um, say these things outside, it will help you clarify your thoughts. And another interesting analogy he makes is that our consciousness is like a garden, Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: that when we We sometimes have weeds pop up in our garden, which would be the negative thoughts. And we should pluck those weeds out, he says. So because, he says, they will proliferate luxuriously, your negative thoughts, if they're allowed to grow in your consciousness, they will proliferate luxuriously like wildly growing seeds. They will displace everything. So pluck out those negative thoughts and he talks about the negative repeating thoughts, which I talked about earlier as well. He says, mm-hmm. "Whoever has negative thoughts will soon allow himself to be controlled by them. So it's much better if we can nurture or strengthen our good, healthy thoughts. Yeah, and the human being. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and ahead. it's a form of programming. It's it's it just is. It, it, is, it is it is programming so is
2: subconscious.
1: And <clears throat> great example. You said I would have a story. I do have one. Um I w I was um touring with um the Cosmic Deck of Initiation. I was in um Carlsbad. I was in no i was I was in California someplace, and a young lady came in and she was like eighteen years old and i I read her and I spoke with her, and she said, Well, you know, handicapped, and, um, I can't I can't go to school and I said, Well, wait a minute, why not and she said, Well, I'm handicapped, and my parents you know get money to to you know keep me and help me along but i'm I'm not capable of um getting a job and I'm not capable of doing this. And I'm not, I said, well, how'd you get you here? She said, I drove. And I said, and you passed the driver's test. She said, yes. And I said, who told you you couldn't learn and couldn't go to school? And she said, no, my parents said that I'm, I'm too dumb. And I looked at her and I said, now now, I'm going to talk to you from with another hat on because I happen to be a special ed teacher with two master's degrees so i know what's going on here and i i looked at her and i said you are capable of doing so much more you're capable of getting your ged and you're capable of getting a job and i sure. swear to you and she said but they've told me i can't and that i you know that i'm mentally retarded and i said you know everybody has has a problem area in their life and you know you're just lucky that you know you you may have some understanding of what's going on but i and i said do not let this hold you back if you want to do something try it if if it doesn't work out okay but but they've taken away your 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 will to try and i said it's mm-hmm. ridiculous i i firmly believe that you can do this and a year and a half later, I got a letter from her. She had her wow. GED. She was living independently, and her parents were no longer being paid to take care of her because she was able to support herself. Wow. She had been programmed to be retarded, so she was.
2: Oh, that's terrible. Well, I think but society we, programs.
1: Are... Sure, and and we we do that to kids. We do that to friends. We do that. I mean, it's it's it's. Pathetic, you know, somebody says, I'm going to try this, and you look at them and say, well, you'll never do that. And if enough people say them, that to them, they won't, because they'll believe it. So it's a matter oh, of, of, you know, it's a matter of, you know, programming yourself to give yourself the opportunity to stretch yourself to reach and to try. And and that's, I think, what Billy's talking about, that... The, that 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 negative thought constantly coming in at you is reinforcing a program inside of you that that you will eventually believe and then you will eventually manifest
2: Yes, that is the perfect. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, totally, I have this little thing I run through to program myself when I feel my thoughts kind of going kind of negative. And I just, these are little sections out of the book, and I, like, he talks about optimism, so I tell myself I'm optimistic. He talks about being cheerful, so I say, I'm cheerful, I'm relaxed, I'm enthusiastic, I'm thankful, I'm in harmony, I persist, I persevere, I endure, I am calm, I am satisfied. And then he has these other things which go right along with that. I say, I'm the forger of my own fortune, I'm the master of my own destiny, I create my own good luck. Mm -hmm. Um I, my, my thoughts, uh, my good thoughts create good feelings. My good feelings create good habits. My good habits create good circumstances in my life. Um, it is the nature of the thoughts that by their might alone, every conceivable thing can be brought to fruition. So anyway, I have this these series of things which help program me to think in a much healthier way. You're so, you hit it right on the head there
1: well it's 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 like affirmations um saying it once doesn't work saying it many 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 times during the day does help to program you for it um but its it's also it's not a one thing it's not a one shot deal it's it's something that that you know if you want to change your programming if you want to change your behavior, if you want to manifest something else in your life. It's something that you work on constantly for days, weeks, maybe even years. But your whole life. you get to the Yeah, you, you get to the point where where you believe it. Um, w- once
2: And your subconscious learns it.
1: I I I asked a spiritual teacher I had at one time know he was talking about loving everyone and and you know being loving and forgiving and and all of that And and i said what about people you really don't like what about people that are really nasty to you what about people that you know you 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 border on the word hate but not totally but but close and he said you fake it till you make it and it's true um if if you if you are trying to shift and change your reality—it's something that that you you do until it becomes comfortable, and then after it becomes comfortable, it becomes reality. And it does—it takes time, but it does work. Hmm. And and it it's kind of like um it 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 is pre it is reprogramming yourself, and sometimes you can reprogram over old programming and sometimes you have to spend time on dissembling the negative programming so that the positive programming can be there. I, I have found for the most part I can over program so that you know whatever was there can't exist because I've smothered it with the other good stuff.
3: <laughs>
1: and it does it, does, so work.
3: Oh, it, it does work. It does work.
1: But but that again is the power of the mind. Mm-hmm. In, you know it's it's you understand the process and then you apply it and so many people i i once wrote something that said you can either be a parrot or a prophet um the the parrot or those people that you know that quote chapter and verse and don't understand the thing that's going on they're the parrots the people that that mm-hmm. that, that learn the philosophy apply it to themselves and then spout something that is a a part of the material they've pulled together, but there's also a part of them in it. they're the prophets and I can't tell you the number of people I've spoken to that that have memorized parts of the Bible that don't even know what they mean oh yeah and they just and they just throw chapter and verse at you, and then there are those there are those people that have studied it and understand what the meaning of it is and I, I said to somebody somebody was talking to me about. What, what the Bible says Jesus said to Peter about thou art Peter, and upon you will I build my church. And I looked confused, and they said, haven't you ever heard that phrase? And I said, I just heard it for the first time. And, and they said, you never heard it before? I said, no, I've heard it before, but it just occurred to me. These were Jews, and there were no churches. <laughs> what was he talking about? <laughs> There were no churches mm-hmm. then. And mm-hmm. and and you know they looked at me and said what do you mean? Of course there were. I said no, they these guys went to synagogue. These were Jews. What was he talking about? And you know this person just walked away. They said you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, wait a minute. No. Bible even says church, but there were no churches then. What 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 does this mean?"
2: It's a it's a translation thing again, right? Oh yeah, probably. I, prob-
1: I think they meant assembly, you know, an assembly yeah. of people or whatever. But but somehow church has been put in there, and you know, so Jesus was talking about, you know, found a church in my name. That's not what what I think the intent was. It, it was it was you know take my philosophy and share it with other people. Mm-hmm. But. But who knows? You know, I you know, it, right now, it's it's hard to know what he actually said, what he actually meant. I mean, I do believe there was somebody by that name that lived, and I do believe he preached a message. But beyond that, um, I, I think I don't
2: think there was it, I don't think there was anybody by that name then.
1: Well, at no, the
2: time.
1: but there was probably <laughs> somebody preaching that, you know, because
2: well, yeah, there were there was a I, person I mean, named Emmanuel. I yeah. would agree with that, but he could have been called Yeshua or Isaac yeah. or but anyway, yeah, you're right. Continue. So
1: so I I have digressed here, but but the, <laughs> the the power of our mind, the power of our thoughts is amazing and if you put it into action you can change your life. And and I keep talking about richness, you bring a greater richness, you you bring joy and you bring laughter and you bring celebrate, celebration and you bring healing into your life and, and that that's an amazing thing and you do it without having to go to a, a church, a synagogue, a temple or anything you, you celebrate the spirit within you and life changes
2: Have you ever listened to any of uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton's Videos, you would really, I think, like him. You might even be able to get him on your show.
3: Ooh. I will check
1: yeah, that you out. Check I'm... That. I, he you know, like I, the, the name is.
2: <laughs> the reason I kind no, of got I... interested in Bruce Lipton is because uh, Marion from Switzerland um, mm-hmm. kind of turned me on to it, to Dr. Bruce Lipton. Because Billy talks about so much of the power of our thinking being in our subconscious, mm-hmm. and he, he just leaves it leaves it at that. He doesn't really. He says a lot of our decision making is from the subconscious, but he doesn't really go into anything else. At least I haven't seen it yet. So. But.
1: Well, he's still he's he's what eighty one years old now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, something like is he still writing?
2: I don't know. I, that's a very good question. There's a whole lot left to translate.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know, he may feel that his message is out there and, and now, it's, now it's for others to sort of put it forward.
2: Well, that was one of the things um, that Swath told him. He said, stay in the background and focus on your writings and let other people go into the public and talk about your stuff. He said the people well, that, of the earth make for themselves idols. Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. look where so, we, look
1: where look where we came from. I mean, you know, the pagans and even before that, we we constantly wanted people to to pray to, to to to, to hand, hand the control of our lives over to them. And without realizing that we have the power, we have the control, we have the majesty within us. You know, it's, it's not that we're gods, but we're part of creation and we have that power inside of us. And like we said on the, on the show the other night, you know, God is just a title like a captain or a corporal, and it, it, it doesn't have the sway that, that some of the other material does.
2: You know, I could finish up the show. We've only got like 15 minutes. There is a really interesting verse. Uh, I think it's on page 224. And he talks about... Let me just open that page. I think that's a very good one. Um, I spent a lot of time on, on this one. 224. Okay, hang on. It says, the source of the life power, which must be created by oneself, lies in the consciousness, that is to say, in its thoughts, which must be form-tended and nurtured in such a way that they correspond to a progressive, kind, and wise, equipped with a zeal for life and intention, and endeavor, and an ideal. Uh, just before that, it says, therefore, it is necessary to search for the source of the life power and develop it, develop the power in order to have a reliable life potential on which you can depend. the The word life power there is the word Lebenskraft in the German, and I, I got to wondering, well, what is this life power? So I kind of did this little experiment with myself. I tried different things to to find out what things do I do that make me feel like I have most energy and most life power. So, and then I, you know, made mental know that and try to focus on those things. And also says the source of the life power, which must be created by oneself, lies in your consciousness. That is to say, in your thoughts, which must be form-tended and nurtured in such a way that they create a this endeavor, this ideal. So a little bit later in the same, I think it's on the same page, he talks about this. So if you're developing your Lebenskraft, your life power, you're doing those things which allow you to develop yourself, make you feel motivated. uh, So you're You're searching for the source of the life power, which is in your consciousness. Now, on the other hand, this is a contrast to when tangled ideas confuse the thoughts and abruptly go from one extreme to another, whereby a misdirection of thoughts arises and triggers emotions. So what is he talking about here? Well, tangled can be defined as twisted, untidy, confused, jumbled, Mixed up, messy, chaotic. A tangled can mean to bring together into a mass. Tangled means a snarl. So this is what happens when we have tangled ideas. It confuses our thoughts. It makes our thoughts go from one extreme to another. And this causes the thoughts to misdirect. It triggers our emotions, and it can even lead to manslaughter and murder. So, so this is all room focused. Yes, this is what happens when the negative thoughts, they, they go too far. In other words, I mean, this is where the criminal goes. That's where the criminal comes from. It's, he's really traced down the pattern of thoughts that leads to criminal behavior. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was very, very interesting. So, uh, it's very, very interesting. Um, very, very important to know. The other thing is there is. Um, now, wait, what is, are there, called is, there a, un-
1: is there a difference between tangled thoughts and confusion?
2: Well, he says tangled ideas confuse the thought. Okay. So you have, I okay, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, ideas, I-D-E-A-S, are not completely thought through. I-D-E-A-L-S are completely developed and mm-hmm. thought through. So what we happens when we have ideas which are not completely thought through, these ideas, they confuse our thoughts. I bet you, and, and that's a lot of times we talked about the rotating negative thinking. Yeah. We we have a an idea that isn't fully developed, but we are holding on to it as tight as we can because we know we're right. Mm-hmm. We're really not, but we're holding on to it. <laughs> and that's, those tangled ideas, they confuse our thoughts, they trigger the emotions, and eventually... They get to manslaughter. Now the ideas that we have we want to co- convert into ideals. Ideas are completely uh, developed so and ideas have something called unvalues in them, okay, and unvalue is something that we 're holding on to, which is still. False. Um, let me try to go through here a little bit here. They, um, what I'm looking for, and I'm having a hard time finding in my notes, is, oh, here it is. Uh, is this it? Anyway, I'll just have to give it to you from the 100,000 foot, 20,000 foot level or whatever. They have a whole <laughs> section on, on... The unvalues of the psychopath. An unvalue is something that the psychopathic mind holds on to. And one of the interesting things, if you have like 17 of these unvalues, you're probably a psychopath, they say. It's from one of the Figu bulletins. And one of the unvalues of a psychopath is boredom.
3: Ah. And
2: I thought, Whoa, you know, because I can remember being a kid. I don't get bored anymore, really. I don't have time to be bored. But <laughs> when I was a kid, I can remember being bored. So, I mean, this leads us into psych. Psych. You know, you, you can be a psychopath. Psychotic.
4: Yeah,
1: I. I yeah, I think.
2: Unvalued
1: when when you when you do look at um you know they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste and and it's true and i have found that that oftentimes um, people who have no direction and and tend to go down those pathways um really are are not are, are not in any way wanting to take control of their lives you have to take control of your life you have to find a direction and it could be a wrong direction but you need to go somewhere in order to Mm -hmm. figure out whether it works or not but those people who choose not to take that responsibility are often swayed by the people around them and that's where you get you know bad company and and you know you you get influenced by people and or in bad crowds or whatever and that The the group mentality then takes over your own, so you've given up your own power.
2: Some of the other unvalues of psychopaths, lack of logical decisions, lack of rational conduct, frequent change of sexual partner, manipulated behavior, sense of unfairness, endorsement of torture, hate mentality, remorselessness, lack of deep-reaching thoughts and feelings, and a lack of empathy. Just... Test yourself for those.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and 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 if you have a few of them, um, start challenging yourself so you can get out of that mindset. It's not a healthy one to be in.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: It doesn't mean you're going to, you know, be, become a murderer. It means that that you need to take control of your life, and and being bored is is um, is is not a fun place to be and sometimes you need to challenge yourself and do silly things in order to get out of that that mindset cuz it's just a mindset it's not a, it's not it's not a condition that needs to be a constant you can get out of it you got into it you can get out of it um we have we have only a couple of minutes left here um i i really want to want to get people thinking about about thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and um you know just in in the brief time that we've got um the book we're talking about is is Mind of Thoughts, but
3: Mind it's of thought. it's yeah.
1: it, it's a, it's a pretty heavy duty book to get into initially. So try out, mm-hmm. try on some of the other Meyer material first, get fascinated by it and work yourself up to it. You know, we're You know, Mark and I have only been talking about possibly the first 19 pages in the book, and we haven't gotten really that far, to be honest with you. But we're going to we're going to give it a shot, and we're going to try to bring some of the other Meyer material in as well, so we don't bore the hell out of you. (laughs) Um, I mean, there is wonderful material out there, and certainly, you know, if we can weave that around with the spirituality you know it it is an enticing t- subject and and it's fascinating and it it does it does wake people up to all of the material that they actually and the wisdom that they carry within them already it's it's you, you know it's not a matter of you you have to be smart everybody has the wisdom already it's just finding that door and opening it up so mark thank you so much for for tonight i so appreciate your hanging in there for 2 hours <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, go to go to YouTube and type in Ohio Exopolitics, and there's a ton of my shows on YouTube. A couple people are putting them up there, so you can listen there.
1: Absolutely, and um, and we've done a couple of shows as well. So um, mm-hmm. do 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 look for us to be back and and bringing more of the Meyer material. So thanks so much, and good night, everybody.